We're looking at the AFC South today, preparing for training camp 2022. The season is nearing very quickly. How do the teams look? Who is the player to watch in training camp for those four teams in the AFC South? Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day looking at the AFC South, taking it alphabetical here. We don't want to, uh, we don't want to ruin any uh, expectations for teams and go first place to last place or last place to first place. Let's just go alphabetical here. We're not showing any favorites. We're going to start with the Houston Texans, and uh, not a lot of people have the Houston Texans as favorites in this division, Matt. But under head coach Lovey Smith, do they have the ship going in the right direction? That's year one, I think, uh, or, or plan one at least. I, you know, they're they're on. They're beyond year one in, in this rebuild situation, but they've traded away to Sean Watson, extra draft picks, add talent, get this thing built, get that foundation built in 2022. Yeah, I mean, they're they're past the Deshaun Watson nightmare. I mean, all the things like trading Hopkins and all the, the greats that were here, J.J. Watts or things of the past, it's time to build a new and a lot of speculation that, you know, Lovey Smith's only a placeholder for Josh McCown. We'll see. But I think the dysfunction might be behind them now, and it might be time to start building a football team and competing on the field. But they have a lot of work to do. I mean, you guys know I'm a big yards per play guy. Well, the Jets allowed 0.9 more yards per snap than they produced. That was only 31st worst in the league. I mean, Houston was negative 1.2. So every time the ball was snapped in a Houston Texans game, they went backwards by a yard and 1.2 yards. I mean, by far the worst in the league. And there's numerous, numerous stats, you know, proving their ineptitude. Most of them on offense. I think the defense quietly, I know they don't have a lot of stars, showed a little bit of signs of life last year. They were often put in really bad positions. But here's one of the craziest ones. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. But on first and 10, when Houston ran the ball, they were like three yards worse than anyone else in the league. Like, I mean, when they came out and ran into the, the, the try to get ahead of the chains, get the second and six, they averaged like 1.9 yards a carry. Don't quote me on the number, but it's something ridiculously bad. So people thought, you know, when it happened, why are you taking Kenyon Green with the 15th overall pick? Well, we'd like to get four yards of rush you know i mean let's just start right. with some basic things here you know Damian can, we Pierce, not just be, yeah. can we not be negative to start every right season? i mean second and nine second and eight for davis mills time and time again good luck we talked yesterday i think we brought up the stat uh talking about the afc east and the new york jets how their per play differential was second worst in the league and it was yeah, just right. Just more than negative one yard. It was negative point yards is, is per play differential that they're losing to their opponent every play. That's a lot. Uh, the Houston Texans were the only team worse, and it's yeah negative one point two yards Brutal. per play differential. One point two. So that's uh that that is the worst of the league, and it's quite a bit worse than the second worst. Just to to drive that point home, one hundred percent. And I do think there's progress here, and I think Davis Mills is really interesting. You know, like he was good enough this past year to. 
keep the quarterback talk away for another, at least another year. And he also benefited that it wasn't a great quarterback class. You know, maybe they would have taken CJ Stroud if he were there or something like that, but he has ability. I don't know that he has a super high ceiling. Um, I think that they're building some pieces around him. I don't dislike the receiving core now. And I mentioned the defense is kind of a bunch of no names, but might be a little bit better than people realize they were actually good on special teams last year. I mean, I don't know if that'll keep up or not, but I, I still think that there's a really good chance that this team's picking in the top five next year, though. Yeah, they, I mean, look, I, yeah. I love what they did in the secondary in the draft, too. Derek Sting yeah, yeah. is potentially just a straight-up dude, shut-down type of a cornerback, right, uh, out of LSU. They got him early in round one with their first round one pick. Came back in second round with Jalen Petrie, who's a player that could play free safety, he could play strong safety, nickel. You can move him around, positionless football on offense. Okay, we got a positionless dude on defense too, Jalen Petrie. Mm -hmm. uh, just high energy, really like that player. So I thought those were good picks. Um, they don't have it up front on defense. So they're, no, they're no. you know, and, and those guys, Petrie and Stingley and the rest of the, the back seven is going to have their work cut out for them because I, I just don't think they have the dudes up front yet, which is going to be uh, 2023's project, I think, for this team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they'll be in, in the market for a lot of big difference makers on the defensive front next year, especially if they're going to play a lot of Lovey Smith cover two, don't blitz a lot, you know, those type of things. But, you know, one, a thing I wanted to mention earlier, and I'm glad you brought up Stingley, because who are the stars on this team? I mean, maybe Laramie Tunsil. You know, I mean, Brandon Cooks has had a good career, but I think Stingley could be a star. Yeah, is Laramie Tunsil even going to be there next year? He's going to be the star yeah, of the right. new Texans, right? And, you know, Kenyon Green's a good player, but is a, is a left guard going to be a star True. for you? You know, not quite. So who's going to be, you know, I don't even know what jersey number he's wearing, but if, if someone's buying a jersey right now, Davis Mills, you're kind of not sure about. Derek Stingley's probably the one you're going to on the rack. That's a good point. I mean, I, I haven't done a lot of research on the Tunsil situation, but – I've heard, you know, a lot of rumblings over the last year or so. He might not be in Houston all that much longer. You know, is he a trade deadline type of guy to a contender? Could be. Um, but then, you know, I mean, you got to keep somebody. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to you're trying to get better now and not lose talent anymore. I think mm -hmm. they're over the let's lose talent portion of their rebuild process. Um I think the point about Davis Mills, though, is a good one that they got a steal of a third round pick, uh, whether yeah. he's you know a long term stud starter. We'll see. He looked just as good as most of the other rookie quarterbacks last year. And I think the argument that, you know, just because of how weird his career was at Stanford, if he did go back one more year, would he have would his stock have been much different, potentially better, maybe a little worse, maybe a lot better even than the first quarterback taken in this class? in Kenny Pickett, right? Davis Mills could have yeah, been right, right. Like they're vying with him for being the first quarterback selected. I think that's a fair question to raise. And so for that reason, yeah, you don't go quarterback early if you are the Texans. See what you got in Davis Mills one more year. Maybe he is the guy and you really looked out and that will really um, you know, accelerate this rebuild process or you're probably not going to be a very good team and you're going to be able to have a chance to go get into the into the top of the draft with the quarterback with your extra picks as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I mean, you could go get a Jimmy type or, you know, if Davis Mills struggles. Right. But, I mean, I hadn't thought about the picket angle. I don't know if I'd rather a picket or Davis or Davis Mills. Yeah, right. So and that's, that's conversation, with, right. That's with not even having Davis Mills go back to could be because Kenny Davis Mills is a better quarterback in 2021 than Kenny Pickett was, too. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. As, as far as the right. prospect goes, if Kenny yeah. Pickett came out in last year's class, he would have gone behind Davis Mills because he hadn't had oh, that he's a fifth year rounder or six rounder. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, 100% right. Mm -hmm. And Mills, you know, didn't really have that breakout college season. 
but everyone anticipated it. Injuries derailed him a little bit. But, I mean, heck, if, if Pickett were the starter from day one for the Steelers and had a Davis Mills-like season, you'd take that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is there one player, like I kind of mentioned some of them, I'm really interested to see how they use Petrie. He'd be someone I'd be watching yeah, in training camp, you know, where are you, you going to put him in the slot? Are you going to put him, you know, deep safety? Because that's one thing he didn't really do a lot. He was around the line of scrimmage a lot, that sort of star position we see a lot in college. So if he's projected as a free safety, how's that look in deep coverage? Because he, he wasn't asked to do it. I think his talent would would say that he will be able to do that. Um, and then John Mechie coming off of injury, you know, is he going to be ready to play this year? Brandon Cooks. Does it really Cox. matter if he is or not? You know, uh, it, it, I, I mean, not. I wouldn't rush him back. You know, it matters if he's good. But th- the thing with Mechie is, he seemed like you draft him because he's safe, and you know you're going to have a player who's going to contribute as one of your top three wide receivers. But they drafted him in the second round, and like you would think, if you draft somebody that high, there would be more upside to be like, oh, this guy's going to be a future potential star yeah, like number yeah. one guy for us and i don't think anybody really projects him as that so that of the draft picks a lot of people thought Kenyon green was a little early to be drafting the guard the, the mechie mm-hmm. pick is the one i didn't really like because there's there's a lot of downside because of the injury and and how good is he going to be on the upside level i just feel like yeah you locked yourself into probably a, you know a number two number three type of wide receiver that that's not what you want to be doing in the second round even if he's you know and, and he's a fine prospect but mm-hmm. um, and he could be more but i just don't see the upside of drafting someone who's already injured that high in the second round. And there was other good receivers available too to, to swing for the fences on. But I guess, you know, point. I guess they're trying for they're trying for doubles here. Right. And yeah. That, I mean they're just trying to get starters and aside from still, after, right. after the after the Stingley pick, that was a home run swing. And then the 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 rest of round one or two was hidden doubles. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um we've been talking about breakout guys. I got a couple to mention. I believe in Damian Pierce, but you know, a running back in this situation probably isn't going to light it up. But these are some kind of fantasy relevant one guys, guys too, that I think in their second seasons, Nico Collins and the tight end Brevin Jordan, who's much more of a receiver type, have a chance to really become household names, fantasy relevant. I mean, that'd be a big jump from where they were as rookies. Absolutely. I love those. Great, great polls. I had those names listed and I hadn't mentioned them yet. And I'm so I'm glad you did. Damian Pierce could be that, you know, that guy who becomes the top running back and is, uh, you know, maybe not a league winner, but really helps a lot of teams in their fantasy football leagues. And you don't mm-hmm. have to spend a lot on on getting him. Matt, next, we've got to move along in this division in the South. We've got the Colts, the Jaguars and the Titans coming up next. But first. I want to tell the folks out there about Bet Online. You want to bet on those Houston Texans? You think maybe they're going to go make some noise, win that division? You can bet on such things. Tons of NFL futures, props, and odds already for the 2022 NFL season. At Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games at Bet Online. Yeah, and it's not just all about wagering at Bet Online. You can find tons of news and scores and uh, tons of research there as well. Every league, too, not just the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf, live in game betting, uh, tons of information and fun to be had. Vegas casino games as well at Bet Online. So get over to the website today. Use your desktop or mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out everything else on the Locked On NFL channel, which is the home on YouTube of Peacock and Williamson. Of course, you can check out Locked On 49ers, which I host, or uh, any of the other programs here. Your team is covered on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Uh, Matt, so uh, one question that I did not ask you yet about the Texans, just real quick. So they were 4-13 and 13 last year. Uh, you're going over under that same record this year. Ooh, I think it's a pretty soft division. You know, they could maybe get two even possibly if they get a bounce or two, three wins within the division. I'd have to study their schedule a little bit. But on first blush, I think I say no. I don't think they get the five. Yeah, I, I may put four and a half. You know, yeah, yeah. And a half point. I, I don't think the wins are going to necessarily start coming for the team, even though you like the direction that they're going. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's they're a year away from even being considered a year away. You know? Yeah, a year away from a year away. Uh, yeah. Indianapolis Colts, last year they were nine and eight. I think I would take the over on on the Indianapolis Colts and their nine wins. I think they're better, and I think there's a lot of winnable games in this division. Outside of the division, it is a tough conference. But uh, I do like the direction the, the Indianapolis Colts are going this year, and I think they improved at quarterback. I think they just have, you know, uh, I think they could just sleep better about quarterback. It's not even so right, much, right. oh, so much better with Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz. It's just like, ah, okay, we've got a professional quarterback. We don't have to worry about that position. That is going to be played at a, at a level that we can win games with if everything else has happened. And they've got a run game, and they've got some pieces on defense. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a pretty good recipe for success in the NFL. Yeah, I'm pretty bullish on the Colts. I do think I'll probably project them for double-digit wins, probably 10-7 and seven in that neighborhood. I like the staff. I like the makeup of the team. There's some interesting little stats, though, that I found when going back on this team. And maybe we won't spend as much time on the Colts as others because we have a whole, you know, whole show dedicated to the Colts recently. But, you know, only six teams in the entire league had a better point differential than the Colts when it was all said and done. And they had the best turnover differential, but they didn't make the playoffs. You know, like, is that as good as it gets? You know, I mean, that's that's my counter argument. Like, you're probably not going to lead the league in turnovers again. And you ended up with the sixth best, you know, point differential, and you still didn't get in. Like, that's a little concerning to me. And I know that Wentz is the whipping boy, and I'm not excusing him. But if you just look at yards per play, the Colts' offense was actually a lot better than their defense, and I don't think people realize that. I mean, if you look at yards per play, only eight defenses were worse than Indianapolis last year, and on offense, only nine teams were better. So they were kind of middle of the league in both, but they were in the bottom third on defense and the top third on offense. And I think people look at this team, and maybe even the Colts did too, because their first three picks were all on offense, and thought, if we get this offense fixed, we'll be fine. But um, I'm not sure the defense is as stable as everyone thinks because you're not going to take the ball away league leading times again, you know? Yeah, there, there's just a luck factor, a scheme factor there with yeah. Matt Eagles going to Chicago. So you got Gus Bradley now coming in, and that that does worry me. Like, if, if you told me the Colts are worse this year, I would say it's because, well, you you – potentially downgraded at defensive coordinator. You know, what one guy's become a journeyman defensive coordinator that everybody knows his scheme and everybody knows how to beat it now in the NFL with that cover three and Gus Bradley, you know, will he throw more looks out there? Not he's not that he's a bad coach. It's just that scheme is everyone knows. Everyone knows how to beat it now. Um, And Matt Averflus was a good enough defensive coordinator that he became a head coach somewhere else. So that, you know, on paper looks like a net loss, probably just from a defensive coordinator. So do do you get worse there? Fewer turnovers, luck, ball bounces a certain way. Maybe your defense is is worse. That's one thing. And then on offense, you look at Matt Ryan. That sounds nice. But there's really two playmakers there. It's Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Now, Um, does one of those guys stumble? You know, if if Jonathan Taylor breaks an ankle in week one, where's this team going to go? 
It's not, that worries me a little bit. I mean, the offensive okay. line is good. Whoever's back there is going to be able to run the ball a little bit, I think. But the, the there's not enough not enough scary talent on offense to spread the ball around. So that could, that could start to dwindle pretty quick on offense. So there, I, I do like them to be better, but you could also make the argument why they, they, you know, just pump the brakes a little bit on the Colts. Maybe there's some things that that might not go great or might take some time to, to really develop. And, and Jonathan Taylor is probably the best back in the league. And of course he would be a big loss, but they're so dependent on him. And we're going to get to the Titans too. That worries me about their backfield. And mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting Michael Pittman's on the same level. Jonathan Taylor is, but what if Pittman's hurt? You know, like, wow, you know, who's catching balls here? You know, like, they're a guy short. I think, you know, Matt Ryan should call Julio up and say, hey, come play in the Dome and teach Michael Pittman a thing or two and we'll rekindle it, you know? Right, yeah, get that get that Matt Ryan to Julio Jones connection back again. That, that wouldn't be terrible at all. Um, and, and look, with Pittman, there's still some projection there because – you know he's a good player and and he's produced in the NFL, but I think there's there's hope for more still even with him too. And what if there's just not more there? Mm-hmm. Right. A uh, couple of breakout guys. Mine are boring. Um, I just want people to be aware of Julian Blackman, the safety. He's not a household name. I'm sure there's some people that don't know his background. He's really he's already broke out. Uh, so I just want people to realize he's a really good young safety that's coming along well and. Uh, they have two offensive linemen. Like, if you look at their O-line besides Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, I guess Braden Smith too, but the other two spots to me, Danny Pinter and Bernard Raymond, were two guys I liked in these past couple drafts that I think could be better than people thought. They're going to be glaring holes at left tackle and right guard. And uh, Raymond Bernard, might not even win the job. Bernard Raymond's a big one because, you know, high-level yeah, athlete, yeah. Um, you know, didn't play football growing up kind of guy with you know there's raw athleticism there what can he develop into uh, is he if he's ready to play in week one or in year one at all really and start then i think that's a that's a good pick that's a great big pick yeah. i don't know if he's gonna be there. Is he gonna be you know matt Pryor or you know what's it gonna look like until bernard raymond's ready what if he never gets ready mm-hmm. and actually you know what they already have they already have a, a version of that player that didn't quite work out in jason spriggs on their roster who's sort of a you know, oh, I uh, forgot he was there. Yeah, yeah, backup player. He was in Atlanta last year. I'm just looking at the roster and I saw Jason Spriggs' name. Jason Spriggs was what Bernard Raymond is right now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, this guy's gonna be good. He's got left tackle athleticism and feet, and it just never worked out for him. And now he's a backup interior offensive line. Mm-hmm. No, I, I hear you, but I, I am bullish on the Colts. But they're a little more fragile, I think, than people realize. Mm-hmm. And we're both taken over on what they did last year. Nine wins. Yeah. I take nine I and a half so. wins. Yeah, I think so. Probably win four or five games in division. That's a good start. Good way to put it, though. Somewhat more fragile than maybe mm-hmm. people realize. Okay, next we'll finish it up with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans, the players to watch in training camp for those two teams in the AFC South. But what about Bill Barr? I always talk about some tasty built bars, right? You already know it. You, you know, we love them. And I know you are going to love built bars. They're the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If it's the latest coconut brownie chunk puff bar, one of the standard flavors that they've, uh, that you've come to know and love. I love the peanut butter. Like don't, I don't need to get really too jazzy, right? Like peanut butter wrapped up in 100% real chocolate, right? 17 grams of protein, uh, only five grams of sugar. That's what you're looking for. You know, 150 calories. That That is exactly what you should be reaching for in a snack. Something with that protein that's actually going to keep you going throughout your day instead of crash you and completely wreck your diet if you're grabbing for a bag of chips or actually a candy bar and you're doubling, tripling the calorie intakes and 
you know, uh, times 10, the sugar intake, that is not what you want to be reaching for in the middle of your day for your health and really for the taste because built bars are amazing. They are so good. I don't know how they do it. They're, um, they're always at work in the kitchen making these bars that, that taste so good. And I don't know how they keep the calories low and the sugar low, but they do. All you have to do to get yourself some built bars is use our promo code to get 15% off at built.com. That is promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next box of built bars. Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I think we've been pretty pro Jaguar, especially after we talked with <laughs> after that conversation. Yeah, Tony Wiggins, the host of Locked On Jaguars, check does it a great out. job talking about the Jags every day. And you look at this roster, and this could be the sneaky team in the NFL just because they have what looks to be a capable coaching staff now. Doug Peterson's won a Super Bowl. He's developed quarterbacks before in the NFL. And they have a guy who was supposed to be a generational talent last year, went into an awful situation with Urban Meyer and what was going on with the Jaguars, now comes out the other side with his head high and his flowing locks, and he's still the same talented guy he was before. So if he's still that guy and you got the right coaching staff and they've added offensive line help, they've added some more receivers for him, and the defense has improved two first-rounders on that side of the ball, this team could be pretty good. Now they have to go out there and do it. They have to go out there and show it, but there's talent on this roster. And if coaching quarterback are working, there might be some wins piling up in Jacksonville very soon. Yes. And a lot of it's due to that podcast, but I mean, I'm a lot more encouraged. I'm seeing things through the Jags eyes more now than I did when a lot of these moves happened. They had the first pick of the draft. They earned it. You know, a lot of these I'm going to talk about yards per play and different stats. Well, all their stats stink, you know, so I'm not even going to go down that road. <laughs> can, we, can we just go over how bad some of the stats were? Was I mean, they're pretty bad. Just, we talked Houston. Because we get excited about it, but they have a long way to go. I just kind of want to illustrate that, right? Like, let's say, uh, what was the, the turnover differential? How about that? Well, there's actually those. Let me start there because there's two <laughs> things to me that even if you're not grossly more talented than you were last year, that you better get better at. So turnover differentials, absolutely at the top of the list. So the Jags were worst. The Jets were second worst. The Jets were minus 13. The Jags were minus 20. Like not only were you 32nd, but you were seven worse than the second guy. Like just get to zero, you know I mean? Get to minus two. Don't be by far the worst in turnover differential. And, and get, the other to, one, get to uh, minus 13. If the right, Jaguars right. were it's only as bad hard. as the second worst team, they probably would have won two more games. Right. I mean, that's seven more turnovers over the course of a year, you know. So <laughs> that should correct itself just with less dysfunction. Even if Urban Meyer were coming back, that number would probably get better, you know. And then the other one I don't have stats for. I just steal these from Pro Football Focus and Football Outsiders rankings. They were dreadful. But besides the Packers, dreadful on special teams so correct those two areas with try hard guys and smarter players and that's going to get you another win or two you know i mean let alone yards per play and all the stuff that they stunk at before but just those two areas are very correctable stop shooting yourself in your own foot yeah you don't even have to shoot the opponent stop shooting yourself they lost a lot of games i mean yeah. that didn't matter who the opponent was 
Uh, I've got one guy that I'm watching more than anybody else on this roster in training camp. That's Travis Etienne. I knew you were going to say that. The ball yeah. a lot out of the back backfield. He's yep. super talented. He's more talented than the guy in front of him, but he's probably not going to be the starting running back. So what's the usage going to be there? And if something was to happen to James Robinson and he and he couldn't play this year or you know gets hurt or whatever, um, is Etienne a dude, dude? And then maybe could take the job away. But uh, I'm going to be watching Travis Etienne because you know what does he look like coming off of injury and what's his usage? Could he be valuable for fantasy players now, even if he's number two back? Is he catching the ball in the backfield a lot? Because remember, he got some reps as a receiver last year. That was they drafted him and didn't really have a good plan. They're like, I guess we don't need a running back that bad, so we'll try him as a receiver. But if he got better as a receiver because of it, and now you have this gadgety usage, um, you know, he doesn't have to be Debo Samuel, but you, you, you could have a nice little weapon there in Travis ATN because he's super talented. He's going to be in a lot of my fantasy teams, and his stock in the fantasy world is ri- rising very quickly, especially as more reports of better health come along. And who knows if James Robinson will even be there for week one. So uh, yeah. that's a great one. I knew you were going to say that, uh, and I, I 100% condone it. I'm on board there. I'm going to dig a little deeper on a couple guys. And this is a lot like the O.J. Howard conversation we had about the East, but Evan Ingram's really talented. I mean, I know he's inconsistent, but he's hitting that age where tight ends hit their stride. They gave him a fair amount of money. There's going to be opportunity to catch football there. You know, a young quarterback's best friend in the middle of the field has some after the catch. And you would think he's at that career crossroads where I better do it now or I'm going to be an afterthought. So I'm going to have a big eyeball on Evan Ingram. I'm not predicting he's going to be great. Um, and then really digging deep, a guy I know they love and some people in the know are really high on was last year's third-round pick, Andre Sisco, big-time hitter, big-time combine guy. Like when we were previewing the defense, I'm thinking, boy, the front seven looks like it's shaping up. They really have nothing at safety. And then I did some more digging. I'm like, oh, they're pretty high on Cisco. He's kind of interesting. And talking with Tony Wiggins, uh, my eyes are also going to be on, this isn't a sleeper at all. It's the guy who was the number one pick in the NFL draft, Trayvon Walker. Yeah, nobody people, talks about people, it. Yeah, he's the most anonymous number one overall pick of all time, of my lifetime for sure. No doubt. And, and people are talking about him as, man, okay, well, maybe his usage should be better as an interior pass rusher. Maybe he's a three-technique defensive lineman or an outside-in player, big end, um, base downs in a 4-3, comes inside and he's a defensive tackle. Jaguars draft him, and... OLB is next to his name, right? Is he's yeah, giving yeah. like a, an outside pass rusher, the Alden Smith usage from those old 49ers defense. And that was the guy I always comped him to. So can he be that edge in space, you know, two, two point stance, sort of a, a pass rusher. And I, I'm sure no doubt they'll move him around, but that'll help make life easier for Josh Allen. Who's the, the edge guy on the other side, who's perfectly fit to, to have, to be that stand up sort of uh a rusher. So that's that how that front comes together and the Trayvon Walker usage. It's a waste of a pick if they use him wrong. Is he that player? And that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. And I don't think you're implying he's going to drop into coverage 50% of the pass no, snaps or no. anything like that. I mean, he's a rush to pass for a lot, yes. but the versatility, I think it's a good first indicator that the OLBs next to his name, as opposed to just, I'm going to put his hand in the dirt and rush passer every time. Yeah. Um, he's an edge. They see him as a pure edge player. Yes, right, exactly. And he probably will drop in the coverage here and there. Um, I'm pretty, you know, again, we talked about this team pretty in depth, but you go back and listen to that podcast, and I loved how he summed things up about how big and physical they got in their front seven with Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry in the division. I mean, they're not run around, you know, speed linebackers that weigh 215 pounds. Everybody in their front seven is big and physical. 
So Jaguars won three games last year. I'm, they're going to blow that away, I think. Uh, they're yeah. they're going to be a better football team. And I the odds makers believe so as well. They're they're looking at doubling that. And I think six and a half, let me double check, six and a mm. half is the over-under. starts to get a little bit more difficult there to, to pick over that. Yeah, that's a little rich. I thought the number would be like five still, you know, like. I, and I would take an easy over on the five. Six and a half mm-hmm. starts to be a little bit more difficult. I, I like six or seven wins. That, that's right where, and then that'd be a great place for them to be, build on that. You know? Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they could absolutely be better than that, but that, that's that's plenty for now. One little nugget I've been meaning to talk about with this team, it's small. I think they would. Trevor Lawrence could really benefit from a Matt Schaub, Josh McCown, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, some old, formerly good quarterback is his true backup that you hope never sees the field. Just another... 35 year old ear or you know voice in his ear that's been around the block i'm kind of shocked they haven't gone down that route with one of these you know lifetime backup quarterbacks or you know once good quarterbacks and it goes for every young quarterback yeah How right right, right. Not the first thing you do right like when the jets drafted you know wilson was like he's the only quarterback on the roster what are you doing yeah, you're not gonna go get somebody <laughs> right right uh and yeah the so the well, the guy they have as the backup is a lifetime backup but he hasn't uh, spent that lifetime yet and it's um it is former 49er player cj bethard who's mm. uh, well, he's been a little bit now and you know he's a veteran player but um he has his grandfather's like, a gm maybe he's a good yeah. sounding board <laughs> he's, like, he's, been around the, he's been around the game you know he's a lifer, yeah. He's a lifer. yeah and he'll be a clipboard holder for a long time yeah okay that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's move on to the Tennessee Titans. They were the one seed in the AFC last year at 12 and five. I got to believe that number is coming down a little bit. And that's what makes this division so interesting because it'll be tight. And if the Jaguars do start to play really well, maybe it's a three team race instead of a two team race at the top with the Colts and the Titans. Um, big question clearly for me on this whole roster. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about some more sleepery players, but is the end nigh? Is the end near for? for their star running back because that's, you know, that he's been, it's not a quarterback driven offense. It's been a running back driven offense. And we've started to see Derrick Henry start to break down a little bit. Uh, and if that does happen, you have to dial back those carries. How does that change the the entirety of everything that they've got going on in offense? Yeah. I, this team worries me. I mean, I think they're one of the easiest teams in the league to say they'll win fewer games than they did last year. I mean, they were the one seed in the AFC and they weren't the powerhouse that most one seeds are, but they still won 12 games. A um, couple little, you know, I don't have a lot of stats and nuggets, but this defense, I mean, only gave up 20.8 points a game last year. And that was fifth best in the league. The offense wasn't quite as good, but it, you know, they also had a lot of injuries. It was, they were much worse on offense, but I'm with you. I, you know, we said the word fragile about the Colts. Henry, Canahill, Woods, Burks, and even I mean, like Austin Hooper. Like these are the guys they're counting on. I don't know that I can trust any of them. You know, they might all have great years, stay healthy. Woods will be the player he's been. Burks takes a step forward. There's just a lot of questions around all of them for giving me 17 quality games. And they're they're a well coached team, and the idea here is to win games by three, not to win games, you Good know, twenty two to thirteen or anything like that. They're going to play defense. They're going to keep games close. They're going to run the football a lot. Um, but man, losing AJ Brown and replacing him with Traylon Burks, even if that works yeah. out well, it's probably not going to be right away. Um, so the yeah, big questions on offense: where the points come from? Derrick Henry, because he's a he's a he's a freak guy. He's a cyborg. 
and I'm not going to put it past him. Just be like, all right, 17 more games. Let's. Oh, let's if anyone can. Yeah, but that that does start to worry me. And clearly, even the team is starting to look a little bit past Ryan Hannahill or Ryan Tannehill. So that should tell you something. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone's focusing on those skill guys, as I just did. But this offensive line ain't what it used to be either. Like Taylor Lewan's not quite the same impact guy at left tackle. Dylan Radunes has not come in and grabbed the right tackle job. Ben Jones is fine at center. The guards are below average, I would say. And, and I'm not even sure who the left guard's going to be. So usually it was like Saffold and all these good times, you know, Conklin and, you know, a big physical line. I don't think that's the same unit it's been over the, over the years either. Yeah, good point. Um, it's pretty easy in camp to, you know, want to see what Traylon Burks looks like and, you know, sure. make sure his asthma doesn't creep up. He's actually able to finish practice and all those things. And, you know, I think he could be a really good player. He's a talented guy, and I like Traylon Burks. Uh, but clearly the the fun one is going to be Malik Willis and, and how he Glad looks in the yeah. NFL scheme, right, in, in preseason and, and in camp. Somebody watching that for sure. And I've got one on defense, Roger McCray, the second-round cornerback, sure. because obviously the defense is the strength of this team right now, and um, and he doesn't have to be that good right away. Uh, but they're, you know, they're, they're keeping a strength of strength there on the defensive side. And Willis had more warts that I found out about post-draft than pre-draft. But, I mean, anyone listened, he was my number one quarterback in this class. And I don't get to sit down with him and put him on the board and all those things, of course. But I think you're crazy to think, oh, he's a third-round pick. He, I mean, forget about him. He's never going to be a, a starter or an impact guy. I can't watch, wait to watch him in the pros. I would think he plays a ton of preseason snaps. And I'm going to try to watch every one of them. Quick question for you. Even if things are going well, but let alone if they aren't on offense, could you see a some kind of version of Lamar Jackson rookie year package for Willis? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. think you have to if, if that's valuable, and that's where the value is in Malik Willis because the arm and the athleticism. If it's going to take him a while to develop, do you just mm-hmm. let him sit there and don't even give him a uniform on game day? And if he's going to have a uniform, why not utilize that and, yeah, and make right. it a bit difficult for defenses or at least show it a couple of times and make people prepare for it and waste a day in practice the week before they play you. Exactly. All right. Put it on tape, have them out there for eight plays a game, 10 plays a game, even if Tannehill's playing well, you know, I mean, and I'm not suggesting him stand Tannehill up like Flacco used to and play 10 on 11, yeah. you know, just have a package that's a little bit different, you know? And look, uh, Tannehill can get hurt. And someone's gonna have to play, so you know, is yeah, right. gonna be ready to be the backup because if, if it's not they that then, backup. It's Logan Woodside is the backup, right? It's the only other quarterback I'm seeing on the roster. That's what and I know. You know, shouldn't even have a uniform if that's the case if he can't come into the game. So mm-hmm. that's another question. How 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 far from ready is he to even be a backup? Because the backup's one play away from being a starter. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, their quarterback situation could be a problem, and Willis may not have any choice of it to play at some point. Um, a couple other just breakout guys. You stole a little of my thunder with McCreary, but I also think the the other early picks at corner there, I'm not predicting a breakout, but Christian Fulton, I think he's kind of already broke out, and Caleb Farley are really interesting to me. I mean, that could be a really good secondary with Hooker and Byard at safety and those three corners if they all hit. Yeah, and, and Elijah Molden's a good player too. Yeah, I wonder if McCrary is a little Caleb Farley insurance too. It's like, okay, if yeah, Farley's yeah. the dude and then, you know, McCrary can play a little, 
He can back up on the outside, can play some slot, can do a lot for you there. But maybe he might have to be a starter on the outside if, if things don't go well. But I, I do like how the defense is built with stars on each level, too, because you got Jeffrey Simmons, who's a monster on the inside of the defensive line. And then you've got some pressure on the outside with guys like Harold Landry, who just got paid, and, you know, Bud Dupree coming off the other side. And then Kevin Byard, who is eternally, you know, he's, he's become so underrated that everyone knows he's the underrated guy. So now he's kind of rated mm-hmm. properly because everyone knows who he is. You know, so you got you Nico Autry's kind of that way, too. Danico Autry's a mm-hmm. lot better people than people know too. Yeah. But no, you're right on Bayard. So good defense. That's gonna have to carry this team and and you know be a well coached team. That's how they're built. And so I won't be shocked at all if they're you know a 10 win team again. But you know one seed, I, I will be a little bit surprised. Me too. I, I I don't love their competition in the division. I mean, I think they could still win the division, but I wouldn't pick them to win any other division. And I probably won't when it's said and done here either. That is the AFC South preview and training camp players to watch. It's going to be fun. We're getting close to NFL football. Matt and I are going to keep coming every single day for you here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt and I back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.